This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hello everyone and welcome along to another episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond. And it's an absolute pleasure uh, to be able to get the second video slash podcast out um, in two weeks. Because obviously we had a bit of an unfortunate break early on, so I'm glad to be able to, to manage my time a little bit better and manage to get the second one out this week. But of course, it's Spurs this weekend at Turf Moor. Um, not in front of the cameras, but it is on Sunday because of Spurs's. European exploits on Thursday, which, by the way, was pretty embarrassing for Tottenham. MS Miura beat them. I've never even heard of them either uh, until Thursday. Uh, if you missed that one, go and check it out. I think they scored with the last kick of the game. Um, I think MS Miura actually like, won them up and then Spurs come back into it and then they still managed to beat them somehow. Um, but of course, we've got a Spurs fan coming up, as we always do on the pre-game show. So we'll pick his brains on that. But I want to know what you think the score prediction is going to be. Um, for this weekend's game. I'm feeling slightly confident. You can hear my prediction coming up in a little bit, obviously in the main part of the pre-game show. 
but I'm feeling slightly confident that we can get a, a point at least, maybe. I nearly said win. I'm on the fence a little bit, but I do think we can do it. We've, we've had some decent results against Spurs down the years. We've had some decent results against Antonio Conte down the years. Obviously, the 3-2 away at Chelsea um, when he was the European European Premier League champion at the time. Um, all right, they had two men sent off in the first half, um, but still, we managed to get a, a, a very impressive win. And of course, we've managed to beat Spurs at home uh, for a few seasons in a row, didn't we? I can't remember exactly. Uh, I remember a few years ago we beat them 2 1, didn't we? So, fingers crossed, we can get uh, a positive result. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's hear what our Spurs fan has to say this week. And joining me this week is Ricky from The Last Word on Spurs. Right, just like that, as promised, joining us from Spurs podcast is uh, Ricky Sachs, and he's joining us from The Last Word on Spurs, a very popular Spurs podcast as well. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you here, Ricky. Thank you, my friend. Nice to be here. Nice to be, nice to have you as well, mate. But let's get straight into it. I know we just had a little chat off air about it, and you'd said you were lying low because of the recent defeat in the Conference League against MS Muri, which was... Last night at the time of recording this, because we're recording this on Friday night, and yep. you got beat against um, are they Slovenian, Slovakian? Yeah, Slovenian. I've never as, heard of. I'll be honest, my friend. As bad as it's been, I'm trying to blot this out of my mind. It's um, <laughs> this is the worst defeat ever in our history. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. A bit, a, it might well be. You'll know more than me. I, yeah. I didn't look at that, and I I didn't immediately think, "Wow, that's embarrassing." I thought. Well, my original thought was, oh, they must have the kids out. You didn't. So that does well, obviously add, a, add a, yeah. another layer of embarrassment. But then I checked it again and I was just like, yes, it's embarrassing. But to be fair to them, it's the Conference League. They're probably yeah. just not taking it seriously. Just similar fashion to when we got beat by Lincoln a few years ago in the FA Cup. Yeah. We just didn't take it that serious. Like we should have done. And I wish we did. But Dyche never seems to take the cup competitions that seriously. And that was my thought with you is that is that a fair assessment or is it just downright the most embarrassing thing that you've ever seen as a Spurs fan well I don't know I mean I just feel like we keep saying it's the most embarrassing thing for the last three years with Tottenham and some of the results we've churned out in this competition I mean it seems to have been our most embarrassing result for the last what four or five months being in this competition so far um yeah. being honest with you I just think we are really struggling to motivate some of the players to play in this competition and for Tottenham generally the, the likes of the Deli Alleys, the, the Harry Winks, the Davinson Sanchez's, I just struggle to understand really if there's a way back for some of these players. Um, it just is quite staggering, the decline in some of these individuals that Spurs have got at the moment. And I think it's beyond the point where we've just had a new manager come in and we're meant to be having the new manager bounce. I mean, Conte is one of the most yeah. successful managers in the world. I think, was I mean, many would argue he's top five managers in the world. I still don't understand why he's here. I don't understand why he's accepted this job um, because it is such a big job. And I think like uh, Mourinho, like Nuno, I think you only realise when you're in the job just what you've got to work with and just how challenging the job is. So Antonio Conte's got a massive job on his hands. I wish him all the luck in the world. I can tell you there was pure excitement, especially on our YouTube channel when obviously Conte joined the club because um, I think we just couldn't understand how... Uh, second time running, of course, we tried to get him in the summer, how we've convinced this man to come to Spurs. So he's got a massive rebuilding job ahead of him. I wish him all the luck in the world. And I said to you off there, and I'll say again on it to you guys, um, if this doesn't work out, then I think we will fold as a podcast and become a golf podcast or snooker podcast. Doing <laughs> this at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. So, so why why is the job so big then? Like, what is it? Because obviously from an outsider looking in, I won't know as much as you will. I look at Spurs and I think... 
Big size club, new stadium, doing quite well off the pitch. But yeah. for the last three, four years, it doesn't just seem to click on the pitch. And I always seem to just be like, oh, well, not even like a manager thing, but there must be some sort of um, thing going on at the club that yeah. means that they can't progress. And then I always put it down to maybe it's Daniel Levy. But then off the pitch, you're doing very well. And then so he could always say, well, I'm doing my job. So yeah. is it a case of Daniel Levy? Is it a case of wrong managers at, at the wrong times, even though they're good managers? Maybe they're just not rebuilding managers? I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. Why, why do you think it's such a big job? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's, an, it's a number of different factors. Number one, it's been really poor recruitment over the last, what, 18 to 24 months. And I think everyone would acknowledge that Daniel Levy as a chairman has done some wonderful things, I suppose, off the pitch in terms of the, the stadium mm. you touched upon there. The training grounds magnificent. I think there's no doubt about it. Are those uh, two things that obviously he's personally overseen has been obviously quite incredible. We have got one of the best stadiums in the world. We've got one of the best training grounds in the world. But ultimately, you know, Spurs were a club that didn't spend on transfers for 518 days. And I know I can speak to you as a, as a Burnley fan. I know that maybe you feel there's not been um, enough investment over the course of the last, what, you know, three to four years to make Burnley a real established, sustainable Premier League club, although you have been, to really kind of push on to maybe, like I say, a top 10 finish or dare yeah. I say above that, like a Leicester, for example. I just think Spurs are in a situation where um, we allowed the squad to almost deteriorate. And um, that was also down to Pochettino because he was a great coach. And I mean, what the club tried to do is once they realised with Pochettino that the players were just exhausted. And at the end of that journey after the Champions League final, there was no way forward under Pochettino anymore. Unfortunately, he was a wonderful manager. But unfortunately, I think the dressing room just felt they could no longer... Um, believe in his philosophy and ultimately win the trophy. So Spurs then turned to a serial winner in Jose Mourinho. He's won everything in the game. And typically with Mourinho, um, you normally get Mourinho the trophies. And then obviously you get the detail. Then you obviously get the situation after where you have to deal with a fallout. Unfortunately, Spurs fans, we got the worst of it. We got no trophies and we had to deal with the hangover. (laughs) So it's just been very, very difficult. And then... We then went for a 72-day search for a manager, which I'm sure is well-documented in the summer. Uh, Spurs had Fonseca lined up. It was then called off last minute. And, of course, uh, they tried to go for Katu. So, don't ask me why. Just, again, irrational uh, management at the top level. And Spurs ended up with Nuno Espirito Santo, who, uh, by all accounts, went for interviews at Palace and Everton. It wasn't being good enough. But yet, Spurs decided to offer him a two-year contract. And that lasted, what, uh, three to four months. And here we are with Antonio Conte, one of the best managers in the world. Uh, quite honestly, I don't know where we're going next. Um, we should be very excited because he's one of the best managers in the world. But um, just upon some of the factors I've said there, poor recruitment, um, not significant enough investment in general, he's got a massive job on his hands. And I, I do want to believe with Antonio Conte that um, he wouldn't have come to Tottenham unless he generally believed he would have got backed because obviously he had talks in the summer, which ultimately broke down. Spurs have gone back there again, grovelling, pleading with Antonio Conte to take the job. Of course, they've got Fabio Paratici there, the managing director who... Uh, yeah. Work with Conte at Juventus. So um, I want to say the future is bright, but obviously, again, a result like last night is a reality check of just how much work there is to do with this squad. And um, I have to say, despite obviously my scathing views on some of them, there is some talent there, of course. You've got Harry Kane, yeah. you've got Tony Son, you've got Lucas Moura. But it's just, yeah, I mean, Tony and Dombele are record signing. It's just so frustrating when a player can only do 60 minutes. And uh, last night, there was one moment in the game, we're only about five or 10 minutes in, where he actually doesn't want the ball which is really worrying against the side of such... Um, I want to be nice to Ennis Mora, but they're, they're not, you know, we're, we're putting them in equivalent of English terms, they're Burton Albion. So it's... Yeah. 
it's really hard. And I think this game at the weekend, which I know will bring it on to, is really crucial for Tottenham because um, people always say, we have this running joke in our WhatsApp group on the last one on Spurs, that uh, Burnley is always a tough place to go. But you're no more than me. Like The, the home form at Burnley hasn't mm. been great. So it's it's a myth. Well, this season it's a myth. Uh, the mm. fact that Burnley's a tough place to go. Um, yeah. That we've won once all season. That's home and away, and that was against yeah. Brentford. Who you know, all right, they got off to a decent start. I do ultimately still think they'll go down. Um, mm. They've they've really started sliding now, uh, and I think they'll go. We, you know, we've played Leeds at home, who aren't all that this season. Could only manage yeah. a draw. Scored three goals on to Palace. You know, all right, they're decent this season. Uh, but again, could only manage a draw. Um, but I do think we're starting to change it. I do think we are starting to, our form's getting better. Um, so fingers crossed we can push on this weekend. Um, and I think if you play like you did on Thursday, you know, we might be in a good shout. But I think that, let's be honest, you're not going to play like that because A, you've got that out your system. And there's no way, if, if you'd yeah. put that performance in against, um, MS Miura against Nuno I'd be like right these these guys are on the absolute slide we are going to yeah. absolutely destroy him mm-hmm. but Conte they've gone up there they put a rocket up all their arses and there's no yeah. way there's no way it's like it's like that he's a similar man to Dash in that sense you know he's going to go in there he's going to be passionate he's going to yeah. it, call a spade a spade if the shit he's going to tell them all that they shit yeah. Um, so there's no way they're going to put a performance in like that again and I'm a little bit worried it's a bit of a wounded animal situation um, if I'm being honest, and Harry Kane loves a goal against us, doesn't he? Let's be honest, Harry Kane yeah. loves scoring He's against. Not many goals this season, the Premier League in general. But I mean, uh, uh, he scored a good goal last night. I, again, with Kane, that's a. I know from the outside looking in, uh, I suppose obviously everyone's intrigued to know what is going on with Harry Kane. I can say as a Spurs fan, I'm not sure if even we know what it is. Yeah. Um, obviously, of course, with Conte coming in there, you'd like to think that he's got the motivation back there, where he's working for one of these best managers in the world. But, you know, it's not going to be easy. I think for Kane, it's the first time among Spurs fans now, having been there the weekend against Everton, uh, sorry, Everton, Leeds, please excuse yeah. me, um, against Leeds. And it was the first time with Kane, definitely where I noticed that fans were really getting on his back um, to the point where he was missing chances. And there is this pressure around Kane. And it's funny because obviously the irony about Kane is that everyone questioned at the very start whether Kane would even be good enough to play for Tottenham. And now he's got this... Obviously, very strange pressure six years down the line as to whether, you know, is he going to get back that elite scoring form that we've seen? Because um, for club, uh, for country, I must add, for England, obviously, he's on fire. Um, he's doing really well in the Europa Conference League in terms of his goal return. But um, as we know, uh, the bread and butter is the Premier League. So yeah. and he's been, what, in and around the top scorer of that for the last five, six years and has won the Golden Boot. I think he won Playmaker as well last season for both Golden Boot um, and Assist Maker as well. So... I just think with Kane, there's there's a lot going on there behind the scenes. And, you know, I'd like to think Conte coming in is ultimately the game changer there. But I'm not 100% sure that is going to be enough to keep Kane happy. And I've always said now, with Conte coming in, um, with a manager of that level, that, quite frankly, I think anybody now that doesn't want to be here, just let him go. Conte, yeah. you've got to trust him. You've got to believe in him. And although Conte is a short-term fix, you know, he doesn't last anywhere longer than two years, um, he does seem to get sides winning. But this is Tottenham, and uh, we've been there under Mourinho. So, yeah. listen, there's no guarantee of trophies with Tottenham. But um, ultimately, Conte, the whole point of it is that I hopefully will leave us in a better place than uh, Murray found us. Well, you would think so. Yeah, you would think so with the state that Nuno left you in. Um, yeah. I, I, I never thought that were going to work. I, I, I didn't think he were going to be sacked so soon. thought we might see the season out, but I never thought it were going to work. Uh, but it's interesting that you mentioned Harry. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Nuno, I've got to say, Nuno, just unfortunately for him, um, lovely gentleman, lovely guy, really top bloke, just um, wrong manager, wrong time, 
wrong style, wrong everything. It will do very well, I think, elsewhere in a different team that, you know, wants to play out um, a bit more cautious, wants to play in a way it's organised, defend first. Unfortunately, he's not a Tottenham manager, but I wish him all the best. Lovely bloke. Yeah, weirdly enough, I think he'd do quite well at Burnley if Dash left um, yeah. in a weird way. I think he'd do well here. Uh, it, say if Dash went tomorrow, for example, which mm-hmm. he's not going to, but if he did, I think Nuno might be a good shout for Burnley gaffer. Um, but uh, yeah, so what can we expect um, then? What, what sort of like Tottenham, that style of playing uh, and where you're going to be over the next two or three years with Conte? What, what, what do you think we can expect to see from Tottenham? Oh, that is a loaded question. That's like a million dollar question. What do I expect? Uh, it's what I hope and then what's reality. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would like to think Conte will, I think, um, overhaul the current squad. I don't think the, if we do this preview a year on from now, which may well happen, um, I don't think, like I say, we'll be talking about the same 11 players that will be going out there against Burnley at Turf Moor in a year's time from today. I just think it'll be a completely different squad. I think he knows there's a rebuild to take place. Uh, we've been saying for the last three, four years with Tottenham as a rebuild, and it just feels like all we're saying is rebuild, rebuild, mm. transformation. Yeah. It feels that same um, you know, adjective being used. But I just think at the moment, Spurs are in a situation where we do need points. And um, I will say that on paper, we've got a favourable run between now and Christmas where we can go on a decent run. And uh, as crazy as I sound now on the back of one of the most humiliating defeats in our history, uh, top four is still doable. But um, obviously United yeah. are bring points in a really good interim manager, of course, in Ralph Ragnick. So that will make things harder. But um, I think the Spurs, you know, with Conte coming in, Listen, Conte's a, an elite manager, so um, he'll be looking to get back into the Champions League ASAP. He's not here to pick up the paycheck. He could have easily waited for United to come along. So I think he's here to win, but if he's here to win, he's got a lot to change in the next year or two on the playing side of things. Yeah, I was looking at the league table earlier, uh, and just because Tottenham always seems to be like a bit of a circus, and it, and it seems to be a little bit louder at the minute, especially because yeah. of last night, to be fair. I think that's the main reason. Um, you know, a decent win at the weekend against, you know, albeit a, a, a lead side that were a little bit poor this season, but you yeah. showed decent character, you came back, and, and then Conte showed a lot of passion. So I remember thinking at the time, like, here we go, fuck's sake, you know, we could have played him yeah. three weeks ago when they had Nuno, and they'd, they'd have been, you know, they'd have probably lost that game. Now they're going to bounce into yeah, us with a new manager bounce. But obviously Red then you lose the MS Miura game. But I don't really see that as part of it. I, I just, I see that you've got your win in the Premier League, and I think you will have a bit of a new manager bounce in the Premier League. Obviously, hope, hoping it's not going to be this weekend, um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Burnley then. Like, what's your sort of like perception perception of Burnley? Because it's always interesting to get people's thoughts on it because it seems to be this is a big thing on, on Twitter. And I'll say the same sentence I say on every single yeah. show. I should not really gauge public opinion from the, yeah, uh, the, the yeah, trolls on Twitter. Um, but there's this, yeah. there's this like perception that we're just kicking hope, you know, deserve to be in the championship, all that sort of thing, which is obviously a lot of bollocks. You are where you deserve to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, what, what's your sort of opinion on, on the Clarets? Yeah, I mean, I've got, listen, Burnley have got a style of play which works for them. And, you know, it's served them well. They're an established Premier League club, whether uh, people want to believe that or not. You know, it's been in the league now for what you you have to correct me on this. It feels like you've been in for a good, what, five, six years now? Am I wrong? It feels I think way. it's a little bit longer than that, you know. I, I sometimes <laughs> get this question wrong myself. I think it's around seven. Seven, Six, really. seven? It's, it's quite seven. a while. It's quite a yeah. while. Yeah, I feel like Burnley are always one of those teams that always poses problems, and that's credit to Sean Dyche. Um, I feel obviously Burnley, in a way, they maybe will feel that 
in order for them to go on to the next level, does that mean at some point, you know, moving on from Dyche to go for a more progressive manager that is going to play a bit more of a free-flowing attacking style of football? And what I would say to you on that is, um, I suppose, obviously, put out their statement when going for Nuno about free-flowing attacking. So don't always believe what you may read about and you may get. Um, but no, I mean, like I say, Burnley, very well-run club. Um, great fans, I'll, I would say. Um, and they've always been a hard team to play against. I always felt that at home, away, you've got to fight for the win. And that's credit to, obviously, the way Sean Dyche sets up his teams. Um, it's never, I'll be honest, I don't think it's ever been pretty on the eye. I'll be honest, it's always been a tough, tough watch. Um, that's yeah. how I would kind of, I'd say it would be. I mean, as a fan, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on that. But um, ultimately, you know, Spurs is a club and where we want to be. Um, no disrespect to Burnley at all. You know, Spurs should be approaching this fixture looking to win. If they don't win, it should be a massive disappointment because uh, Spurs are a club that with what they've spent and the fans' expectation as well, which is always dangerous. The, the club want to be obviously competing for the top four, um, as difficult as the last couple of seasons have been with obviously not being in the Champions League. Yeah, it's interesting though, and I always hear fans of other clubs sort of like say their sort of thing, especially fans of the traditional, you know, top six, big six, uh, whatever you call it, because Burnley do actually press quite high up the pitch, but a lot of the fans especially big six fans won't see that because again perception around long ball and they hoof yeah. the ball they don't play the ball on the ground i mean listen i've got to be honest i've been really impressed and you might i might have not got his first name right here is it max cornell i think he's yeah, been yeah, yeah. really impressive is it five goals seven oh, games i mean absolutely he's, he's been, love the guy yeah i mean i love the whoever's guy found, whoever's found him this is why i get frustrated as a spurs fan who, why are we not all over a player like that? How, how have we allowed someone like that? And I know, you obviously, this is football, right? You get players like that that slip through the net and whatever. But um, listen, what a catch that's been for Burnley. What a player he's yeah. been. And again, you know, it's just whether Burnley can, I don't know, match his ambitions financially or keep him sweet. Because I suppose for him, he'll look at him. He's no disrespect to Burnley. It's almost like he'll think about it. You know, if he can have a really good season at Burnley, where is that next get him, unfortunately? Because yeah. I just think, it's always very hard to retain your best players. We've been a Spurs fan, you know, when the likes of United come calling, as we've seen uh, City come calling, it is hard to sometimes keep those players. And that's where it becomes difficult, as we saw Harry Kane in the summer. But um been a great fire, Max Cornell. Looks really good on the eye. And I'm absolutely terrified of maybe maybe Davison Sanchez or Eric Dyer coming up against him because, of course, we're out with Christian Romero at the moment, which is a big blow. Yeah, honestly, he's been an absolute breath of fresh air, man. Like he's he's he like he's he's infectious. Like he's always smiling, and he's obviously he's one of the only players that will get the ball at his feet and he'll, and he'll run. And if the ball falls to him and anywhere in the eighteen yard box, he's thinking about hitting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas a lot is. of the other players, you you just think they will think about bringing it down and then maybe trying to find Chris Wood or something like that, or yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. stick it on his head or something like that. Yeah, but he's just excuse me, he's just like he's infectious and and he's been fantastic. Like you said, he's scored. The same amount or more goals than Messi and Ronaldo put together this season, and that just says it all. Yes. Really, he's been, he's been fantastic. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's just such a non-Burnley signing. The fact that we've got this guy that's from the Ivory Coast for a start, and then is we've you know we've bought him from Lyon, and yes. it's just such a non-Burnley signing. And it's quite an attacking man of player. And the, another good thing about it is it takes the pressure off Dwight McNeil a little bit because he was our only attacking outlet. Um, so I was kind of hoping that there'd be a bit more sort of like two-pronged attack with Max Maxwell Corney and, and Dwight on the wings. But I think Dwight has tend to be a little bit more, sort of like been roped into a bit more of a defensive role, which has been yeah. a little bit unfortunate to see. But, it, you know, we've still he's still got his threat there and stuff. So, you know, fingers crossed we can 
we can, you know, uh, take it to you this weekend. But what are you looking forward to this weekend then? So, like, are you coming up or anything like that? Or are you, are you going to be watching it down in uh, down in London? Well, the plan is I, I would love to come down and watch it. It's uh, my son's first birthday. Oh, so um, I've got a very nice distraction should this result go completely wrong, <laughs> uh, which may happen. Um, and I've got a very good excuse. But um, I say I will be there for the, the return leg, of course, at the uh, Tottenham Stadium. But um, we've obviously got a number of, the, of our members on the last one on Spurs treading up to Burnley. God bless them. Um, it's, it's obviously a, it's, it's a long way to go. It's even I tell you, it's, it's cold down in London, so I can't imagine... What it's like up in Burnley, it must be absolutely freezing up it's, there, it's, right? It's been it's been a bit bitter this week. Yeah, the, the, the temperature, I think, across the whole of the UK, to be fair, I think someone put it on Twitter like the, the, the temperature drop off has been violent. This girl worded it as, and that's the perfect way to describe it. I've been yeah, scraping yeah. ass off car every morning. I say scraping ass off the car, I'm too lazy to do it. I just go outside, my car's on my drive, so I'll just turn the engine on, come back to it in 15 minutes, and it's all gone. I'm too lazy to do it. Uh, well, but yeah, it's it's been minus in the morning anyway, put it yeah. that way. I tell you, this is what worries me. Are you some know, of our players going to fancy it? But um, look, on paper with Spurs, um, again, I, I think the quality of the squad there should be enough to get a result against Burnley. And, you know, I do back them too. Um, you may ask me for a, a prediction. If I can give you my prediction now, I'd probably go for, let's go for a 3-1 Spurs win. It's not a confident 3-1 Spurs win, but I can't come on to a Burnley, obviously, channel and not back a Tottenham win. Yeah, fair enough. I'm one of them that will be quite realistic. And if I'm on a Man City channel, for example, or, or a Spurs channel, I'll be like, yeah, we'll probably get beat today. But it is what it is, sort of. Uh, um, but I'm, I'm, I wasn't... When you were pointing at Conte, I remember thinking, fucking hell, typical. You know, they've been yeah. handing points out to everybody. And then yeah. they get they get Conte and they're going to come to Burnley in a couple of weeks and turn us over. But then the MS Muir defeat has maybe given me a little bit of confidence. I think we might get something... Not necessarily a win. I'm thinking one-one. I'm a I'm a yeah. fence sitter. I love sitting on the fence. Well, but I, I am don't. thinking one-one. I mean, we've I'm had a few confident. results against Spurs yeah, down I'm, the years recently. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm being confident saying three-one. But it, listen, the game with Spurs at the moment because Spurs' is defending is so erratic. They will concede. They will 100% concede. So you know, I, I want to say if Burnley can keep the door shut defensively, they've got a great chance of not only drawing but winning the game. So um, I, I was going to say it'd be an intriguing watch, but I think that the cup game was. Of such poor quality. Oh, it was so it boring, was, weren't it? Oh honestly, God, I, I didn't even go on that. I, I yeah. live in Burnley. Yeah. I've moved yeah. recently. I say recently; it's a year ago now. But yeah, I used yeah. to literally live around the corner from the turf, and I live at the other side of the town. Yeah. And I would have gone on that game if I didn't live. Yeah. If I hadn't moved, I just thought, you know what? It's raining. Yeah. I can't be arsed. I can do a shift at work because I still work mm. from home. Me. Um, so I'll just do that and earn some money and go on. And I was listening to it on, I think they did a YouTube stream, Burnley Football Club. I remember, I think I even turned the stream off. It was that boring and I put something else on. I just, um, was, but yeah, it's not great. I tell you how bad it was for me. I think it was so bad. I think Everton deserved to go through. I know there had to be a winner. I know it went to penalties, but um, you could quite easily <laughs> have said, right, no one deserves to go through in this game. It was that poor quality. But um, listen, it's a massive game of the weekend. Spurs need to, like I say, find a result in the Premier League because, you know, ultimately that is the bread and butter. And that's what Conte's here for, to try and get the club back, I say, focused on trying to compete for that top four. What sort of team can we expect from Spurs then? Because I doubt it's going to be the same team as the Muir, MS Mura game. But is it going to be a similar sort of side to the Leeds game, you think? Possibly, yeah. I mean, again, listen, I expect Harry Kane to start. I mean, Hugo Lloris in goal. What we've got Regulon, left-back, Emerson Royale on the right. Obviously, Spurs now playing with right, uh, left, obviously, wing-backs as well. Um, defensively, what we're going to have, Davis, potentially Davis, Dyer as part of that defence. Uh, Hoybier midfield and Dombele possibly. So, I mean, Lucas Moore, of course, there's attacking players out there, but um, also with Tottenham, I just find if something goes against Spurs, they 
for me, they've got no character in adversity. So I think they're going to have to cope with the weather, number one. That sounds really bad being a southerner like I am. Um, but, you know, Spurs, like, some of these players, they don't like it. They don't like it. Some of these players are just not willing to, you know, roll their season up and fight. They're going to need to do it against Burnley. Burnley will be a real yeah. test for a number of these players about bouncing back. Yeah, well, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, that's another sort of like thing. As soon as... If Burnley are on TV, which I know it's not at the weekend, but if we're on TV, you can guarantee that the commentator is going to mention the weather within the first two minutes, and the cameraman's going to zoom in on some of the terraced chimney houses or one of the or one of the old mills, one of the old big chimney mills. Um, don't get me wrong, the weather is pretty cold at the minute, um, yeah. but you know it's the same everywhere. Well, to be honest, it's Burnley fans like they mourn they mourn about it, or some do on Twitter, like oh, why have they zoomed in on on houses again, or they've mentioned the weather again, but everybody. If it's raining, like if it's if it's raining and it's cold, everyone goes, "Oh, it's good for us that they won't fancy this." So it's, it works both ways, you know what I mean? So I am kind of hoping for a little bit of rain, maybe. But then at the same vibe, does Maxwell Corner want to be playing in sideways, freezing rain? Probably not. So that might take him out of the game a little bit. Um, but yeah, Ricky, thank you very much for coming on the show. I'll just give you one last chance to sort of like tell everyone where they can find your podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Yeah, if you want weekly Spurs therapy, which seems to be the way at the moment, um, all therapy and it's free. Uh, you can find us over at Last Word on Spurs. That's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. And like I say, yeah, feel free to come and check us out. Of course, we'll be doing a uh, review on the Burnley game. Be on Monday as opposed to Sunday. We normally, like I say, review games straight after yeah, the final whistle. Don't ask me how we do that, but we do. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for bringing me on. And I look forward to obviously speaking to you again on the return fixture, where hopefully both of us are a bit further up the table. Yeah, fingers crossed, definitely. We need to turn some of these performances into wins. I do still think we will be okay because we're playing quite well, but we need to start turning it into wins. And fingers crossed for us, obviously, it's this weekend, but it needs to start happening. If we're still in this position come mid-January, you know, late January, going into February, then I might start panicking a little bit. But like I said, Ricky, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, And thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. And of course, we will see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.